Here we are once again. Man, I love getting excited about another interview, another episode of the 1% in Recovery podcast, Successful Gamblers and Alcoholics Stopping Addiction. <laughs> are you frustrated with the steps? Are you fearful, confused? Okay, stop. Now there is the 90-day 12-step road to freedom. That is a course and coaching. The course that I developed, the 12 steps explained. It takes you through the 12 steps, three questions to each step in 90 days. We do one step a week. We get you through it. So then you can really start on this road to recovery. It also includes 12 weeks of coaching. So you are there just like a trainer at a gym. You actually come out a new person, new man, new woman. Also. Don't forget to rate and review the show. And we're also on Facebook group, the 12 Steps Explained Fellowship. There's a link in the show notes. With that, we are going to talk this morning with James Sinatra in New Jersey. How are you doing, James? Good morning. How are you today, Hugo? Doing well. Hey, let's just start off. Tell the audience something you love. I love you for inviting me onto your podcast to speak to your audience. Go in a place where many won't dare. I agree. Look, I always tell people, man, recovery is beautiful. Your EQ is your IQ. You know, people could actually embrace it, you know, take away. I don't know. There is still stigma. There's still a lot of this, you know, I can't tell people whether it's gambling, it's alcoholism, drugs, whatever. Look, we just got to own our story. And I think that's what you're going to try to do here today, too. Own your story. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's good to talk. We got to talk. Uh, like you, you posted something about courage the other day. Courage is a huge uh, characteristic to have, I think. Self-esteem is another one, et cetera. There's so many things that kind of coexist with, you know, all of these topics that we discuss. Right. Well, let's get into question number one. Now, you worked in the gambling industry. I mean, you were on TV promoting, talking about games and lines and totals and all this. Tell people maybe something either that they don't know what the gambling industry is kind is doing, even though, you know, they talk a lot about, you know, that they're trying to be, you know, good corporate citizens. But tell people about the gambling industry industry from the inside and inside? Well, there's a lot of moving parts to that question. You know, understand something. Um, New Jersey opened in, I believe, 2018, 2019. So I was kind of in the forefront of that. Um, you know, I kind of ran parallel with the opening. I, I, I got a, an opportunity to do some content creation uh, for a regional sports network in New York City in the summer of 2019 before uh, football season, it was going to be geared toward the NFL season. You know, so I'm, re I'm, I'm three plus years removed from working in that industry and covering sports betting at all. Um, you know, at the time, I was focused on the content creation, getting off the blocks quick, um, you know, delivering uh, my knowledge, uh, analyzing the games, the spreads, the numbers, et cetera. Um, so you don't really, you know, you're not really too overly exposed to the backdrop of the industry and the business. You're not really 
hung up on all of that motion. I wasn't at least, um, you know, I, where everything kind of, um, you know, came to a, a transitional space uh, with me as far as the industry went was really in the beginning of the pandemic, 2020, um, March 2020. I, I was completely out of the sports betting portion of media industry in 2020, uh, right before the pandemic. But I was still doing some cable access work covering college basketball. But, um, you know, when the pandemic started, you know, we were just completely in the unknown. It was an unprecedented uh, national health emergency. And, um, you know, the gambling industry at that time, I just thought was unethical, did a horrible job of messaging. Um, you know, media and, and the operators decided they needed to cover Korean baseball lines, Russian ping pong lines. I was getting countless ads on my email for a casino. And I thought the messaging could have been a lot different at the time. You know, be safe, be disciplined. We'll be back in a few months when everything gets settled. Make sure your bills are paid, feed your family, pay your rent. People were getting furloughed, losing their jobs, just chaos everywhere. It was the unknown. And they just floored it even further. So I really got, that was kind of the transitional piece where I really started to understand what we were dealing with, um, you know, full-fledged head through the wall on the uh, marketing side. Yeah, that, I know people now that have come into rooms, you know, dealing with their gambling addiction. And they said because there was no American sports leagues that they were betting on Ukrainian table tennis and it was available 24-7. People were betting on women's Ugandan basketball. I mean, and there's one person was telling me about the ping pong saying, I don't even know if the games really did exist. You couldn't check them off. It's not like you go to ESPN and verify that the actual game took place. It could have been a total fabrication. Yeah. I mean, you know, as addicts and people looking for that rush and people looking for that high, you know, we're willing to go to any extreme possible to get action. I mean, you know, whether it's uh, betting on Russian ping pong or the NFL or two ants racing down the kitchen counter for a sugar cube, you know, we, we need that constant adrenaline. We need that push always. And, um, you know, that that time of isolation was really, really difficult on a lot of recovering people, problem gamblers, disordered gamblers, the isolated people that were just bored looking for something to do. And they were very, very, you know, advantageous. Yeah, that kind of that kind of leads us into question two. You know, the the sports leagues, the gambling sites, they all talk about that, but we have all these statements about responsible gambling. We're telling people set a limit on how much you can gamble or that they're going to monitor the the problem gamblers, the people that are betting more frequently. And we know like in Vegas, you know, they track player movement constantly. Every time you're going to do any type of gambling, you're, they tell you swipe your card, they're going to track you. All these sites tra are tracking you. They know exactly who the problem gamblers are. What is your opinion about this whole responsible gambling? Because they're almost like saying, they're almost like wiping their hands clean. If someone becomes addicted, they end up going bankrupt or they become 
have other issues. What is your opinion about this whole responsible gambling? And what do you think should really be their statement? I mean, first off, gamble and responsible is a contradiction in terms. Okay. For starters, Um, you know, it's a loaded topic. Um, I I don't think it's a, you know, I don't use cliches, but I, I don't think it's a one size fit all based on age demographic based on background, you know, I, I, you know, my, my advocacy, hopefully in my attempt is to try to connect with late teens to early twenties. Um, you know, I'm not so sure they know how to absorb that message responsible. I didn't know how you may not know, uh, known how none of my friends knew how, you know, and, 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 and responsible is just, it's such a loaded term. Does that mean, you know, responsible for some people can mean I only bet three times a year, but I'm way, I'm betting way above, you know, my financial means or, you know, responsible could mean, you know, I don't bet every day. So that's being responsible. So I don't know. I think it also coexists with the environment, the individual self-esteem, their health background. I mean, look, let's do real talk for a second here. Okay. In-game live betting is insanely persistent. It's the antithesis to anything responsible. Okay. I mean, there's, it's a fast high, uh, you know, I, it's one product. I don't like to use the language ban. I believe that product should be banned. I I just think it, it, it keeps you engaged. It keeps you, uh, accessed. It keeps you chasing win. It keeps you chasing loss. It was an overwhelming product for myself. And I wasn't actually uh, wagering, but I was on the app following the game and the numbers changing constantly and trying to leverage some sort of advantage. And it, it made, I couldn't, Hugo, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And I'm a pretty disciplined guy. You know what I mean? I, 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 I'm bet free. Uh, since January 2020, I've been alcohol free nine out of the last 12 years. Uh, even before I stopped, you know, even gambling once in a while, I was really uh, 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 toned everything down as far as how much I was gambling. You know, the majority of my insanity when it came to gambling was in my 20s. Um, you know, so I, I, I think, uh, I think, you know, the amount of promotion, the amount of ad, 24-7, radio, TV, billboards, you know, children are have all the access, the algorithms on the phone. So, I mean, none of that is responsible as far as I'm concerned. Right. And on top of that, you can't even turn on the game, the announcers, ESPN, the constant push of more and more that it gets into that a person, and of course, you know, young people, their brains are still developing. They're going to be more impulsive. We sure. know this based on all statistics. We know they're not going to totally understand consequences. So they're going, and then they're going to see it validated. The stamp of approval, not only from the state governments, from also all the major sports leagues. Now you have a number of stadiums where you can go in and place a bet. And so that is the type of insidious 
way behavior that could get in. And then before you know it, and it's too late to say that, well, you should have stopped by then. It's almost like gambling has hijacked your brain. Yeah. Addiction doesn't work that way. You know, it hijacked, it kidnaps your brain. You know, you just don't turn it off and turn it on and turn it off and turn it on. You know, it took me a long time to bury gambling. I mean, my twenties, I was out of control into my early thirties. People ask me, some people ask me, well, how did you quit? How did you quit? I tell them the only reason I quit gambling is because I quit drinking, you know, and I believe it all does coexist or some of it coexists. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and you brought up an interesting point about brain development. And again, you know, I'm in the way minority on, on that. I don't even believe gambling, alcohol, recreational marijuana should be legal until 24, 25 when the brain is, you know, fully developed. But, you know, I, I'm never, I, I don't, <laughs> I, 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 I don't win a lot of these uh, kind of debates and, and arguments and, and that's okay. Those are just a uh, uh, beliefs. They're all subjective. Yeah, they are. Well, let's kind of go into question three. I mean, tell people right now, you know, you're out there, you're on social media, you're obviously within New Jersey, kind of pushing more awareness either about your story or about gambling in general. Tell people about what you're trying to do currently. You know, I'm just trying to find my way through and navigate uh, my way through this space and try to get involved somehow, some way with the right people. You know, I, I, from a social media perspective, I had to get off of Twitter because it puts me, uh, the proximity is just too close to too many people that I can aggressively attack on this topic. And, um, you know, I know I, I need work on that. That's, that's, that's a weakness of mine. So, you know, I'm off of Twitter. I'm off of Facebook. Um, I stayed on Instagram. You know, uh, LinkedIn's been a great, I've always had that account, but it's only been a few weeks since I've really been active. I've met some great people, yourself and, and, and several others I've connected with and generated some conversations. So that's a good start for me. Um, my mission statement moving forward is to somehow, some way, get into teenagers, young adults, learn why they want to gamble, what they think they're going to, um, you know, get from it long term, short term, um, offer alternative options. You know, I was listening to Danny. Trelaro, who's, um, you know, he's a great educator in this, in this uh, space. And um, he was on your podcast, I believe a week or so ago. And he was talking about the money management aspect that some of these young guys are talking about. And my whole uh, take on that is, you know, if you're interested in money management, you know, call me, I got a couple guys I know that are great financial advisors and, and they'll get you going. And whatever money you're gambling, you know, 50, 100, 200 a month, I don't know where the kids are getting the money, invest and you'll have a little something at 40, 50 years old. You'll have a nest egg. Maybe you'll have a half a million dollars sitting there, you know, and a lot of your friends, you're going to see how some of them end up, unfortunately, if they uh, stay the course with this uh, uh, product. But, you know, I was close in uh, the summer of 2022. Um, there's a place with a wellness uh, department of school. And I reached out to them about this. They, they have some problems in the school already with some high school athletes. And uh, we we had a back and forth. And then I just got ghosted. And then I found out later there's definitely some political uh, areas about getting in to talk to kids with 
you know, uh, the board and, and families, et cetera, you know, that I wasn't aware of. So I'm just thinking everything's free open game. You know, I sit there, you look on Twitter and all these gambling analysts and influencers have hundreds of thousands of followers and they could talk to our kids anytime about gambling 24 seven, about, you know, hard seltzers, about sex, about all these things, wide open, no problem. It's okay. Parents turn their back. You know, I, I can't get in and talk to 20 high school athletes about prevention or the dangers of gambling or why they want to gamble or alternatives or my story, my experiences, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, you did. You brought up uh, episode 67 between me and Dan Trollero. Also, episode 66, where I just talk about my, my, you know, different ideas about sports betting. Yeah, there is so much out there because we can break down gambling in different, you know, categories. But right now, the big buzzword is obviously sports betting because it's available in 32 states. We have the Super Bowl this weekend, so everyone's amped up about, I got to get some money on. Everyone wants to do prop betting. They want to do live betting. They want to bet on the game. And like you had said, everybody's a follower, you know, everybody's a follower. Right. And everyone you know, wants they, to make it fit in. Right, they all like, <laughs> I understand. You know, that was me. I get it. But here's the thing. I, I don't condone it, but I get no, it. Right. But everyone thinks like, oh, no, the game's going to be more fun if I have some action on it. But I tell people you're more apt to lose. And then when you start losing, you're going to chase and you're, it's not going to be your net. The chances of you winning money are slim. It's not 50-50. And unfortunately, that's, I think, really, you know, one of the things that people really have to understand. People think gambling is a 50-50 chance. But the numbers are so slanted in the house's favor, in the bookmaker's favor, that they're going to win 65-70% of the bets. Uh, it's only the very few people that actually have a so-called winning record, and especially if you're going to throw in the juice or the vig, how much you actually have to win yeah. ahead, just even to, just even actually technically to be break even. Ten and ten is not even. Ten and ten means you've lost. You know, you still lost the juice in the vig. Without question, I mean, and to me, you know how I'm wired and how this is all in my DNA for so long. You know these leagues. And, and um, you know, uh, teams, they're partnered with these sports books now. I mean, the money's all in front of them, you know. So, I mean, I have a lot of fractured trust as far as the integrity as well. And I always did. And I'm in the minority of that, too. But, you know, I, that's all right. <laughs> I, I, I live in the minority. Um, you know, so the money's all in front of them. So you hear these people with the complaints, all oh, these refs are this, and the league wants this player in and they want this city in and all that. And these are things I was talking about 10, 15 years ago. And people thought, Oh, he's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, he's negative. And now that's starting to gain more and more traction uh, publicly. You know, I saw some hashtags with NFL rigged and so on and so forth. You know, I, I, I was talking about that stuff 10, 15 years ago and people thought I was absolutely out of my mind. But when you, when you bet enough and it starts playing with your mind, you know, you, you really uh, you start to overthink a lot of things. Uh, you know, how did that guy miss four extra points? And and you know what? He missed four extra points and the total landed a half a point apart from what it was set at. Hmm. You know, it's harder 
to miss extra points, I would think, than it is to make them at some point in your career when you've kicked a million of them, you know, and the whole ref thing and, and on and on and on. So again, these, these have kind of uh, penetrated, these kind of things have just penetrated my mind for years and years and years. And now I see they're becoming more popular in conversation. Well, not even the last thing that popped up about a about a month ago about a scorekeeper, how the stats of, of people at, at home arenas, and that's going to affect yeah. a prop bet. Is a certain person going to get over this many steals a game or rebounds a game? But if they're getting more favorable, there are so many. What people don't realize there are so many different avenues. Just like you know, what was it, ten, fifteen years ago when the NBA ref uh, Tim McCogney got caught? Yeah, Donnie. Yeah. I mean, Tim Donahue, yeah. I mean, but the NFL goes back to the 1960s when Pete Rozelle banned Paul Horning and Alex Karras for the suspicion. Yeah. That there wasn't actually proof. It was suspicion of being around unfavorable people. And they were banned for a whole season. And now all of a sudden we've gone to the whole stand where we actually go to a stadium and actually bet. And actually even players. I heard now Devontae Adams, the wide receiver for the Raiders, is going to actually have a sponsorship with a gambling site. I don't know which one yet. Yeah. I mean, so it's gone like Economy a complete game. 180. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand is, is, and it all comes down to the same thing over and over, no matter what it is. It all comes down to money. Everyone's got their hand oh, out. Not- and I keep saying is, is there's no different than any type. There's just a corporate prostitute and they're just got, they're just trying. And, and it's the same thing, universities, state governments, they can't get they can't collect as as the money fast enough and then sure. they don't even realize their own part in it that's that's the part that's scary they don't even recognize what they're doing has an effect on the general population yeah i mean and and the media has their position as well i mean you know josh shaw do you even know who that no. is I mean, he, he you don't know who it is? Okay, so he was a, a wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals, I believe. Got suspended in 2019 for gambling on his own teams, I guess, while he was injured. He had a one-year suspension, and then there was another player. Uh, I forgot. I can't think. I forgot who it was. For the Carolina Panthers, that's serving a suspension um, for gambling, but I don't think it was – I don't know if it was sports or whatever, but he's currently – on on a suspension and then there's been other things Evander Kane was accused of gambling by his ex-wife and and these stories just get swept underneath the rug because they're a conflict of interest um you know nobody's talking about those stories on sports radio they don't want you to know you know there's a potential integrity uh issue or, or so on and so forth you know and and the media is they always got to watch what they say because you know sports books are blanketed over that whole industry side as well, as well as big technology. So, you know, they, they kind of harness to what they want to deliver and what they don't want to deliver and everybody's getting paid. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, ethicals, morality and integrity as of yet, I feel, you know, so we'll, we'll see how it all uh, kind of um, develops down the road. Everything changes every day, it seems like. Yeah, it does. 
Well, I appreciate your time this morning as we delved into some of these uh, topics around sports betting, gambling, the industry. Uh, just always appreciate your time. Any? Yeah. Appreciate you having me. Any last really words? Give me an opportunity to speak. No, I just, uh, you know, if anybody's listening, watching, you know, has kids or knows kids or struggling or whatever, I'd love for them to reach out. There's just a couple. I'm only on a couple of uh, uh, social media platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, but you could find me if there's anything I can do for anybody or talk to, uh, with anybody educational from an educational perspective. Uh, you know, I'd love that opportunity. All right. Yeah. And we'll have. James's information in the show notes, so you'll be able to contact him on Instagram or in LinkedIn. With that, yeah. we are going to conclude this episode of the 1% in Recovery.